Welcome to Night Court, first edition of the podcast. Brevin Knight needs no introduction. I'm Rob Fisher. We'll introduce me later. Needs no introduction. <laughs> Brevin Knight, how are you, sir? First of all, this is fun. We're going to have fun. Oh, man, this is great, man. Out, out here overlooking the city, having a nice little talk. This is this is perfect. And tell people why we are doing this. What big... Other than we've been bored. <laughs> right, this COVID thing has gotten us uh, thinking about other things. But I think the biggest reason is we just wanted to kind of bring our back of the bus, back of the plane experiences and, and just kind of put it on wax is what they would say. Yeah. <laughs> Brevin and I, when the Grizzlies, and for those who might not know us, Brevin played in the NBA, went to Stanford, played in the NBA 13 years nine teams if you're a fan of an nba team there's a chance you were a fan of brevin knight at one point <laughs> i i have worked in uh i played baseball at st louis U. well i was on the baseball team at st louis u i was gonna say he was on the team i was on the team and then uh, i've been working in media since i was 19 so 29 years uh i've been doing television radio and both of us now working for the memphis grizzlies doing television for the grizzlies brevin the color analyst and i am the sideline reporter and host of the pre and post game show and Brevin's on the pre and post game show as well. So there's a little bit about us. We are going to talk, obviously you played in the NBA. We both work in the NBA. We're going to talk a lot of NBA and we'll talk some Grizzlies probably every week for our Memphis listeners. So they, we can uh, just kind of get into that and we'll do that every week, but it's going to be much more than that. Oh, it's going to be way more than that. I think it's, this is, it gives people an idea of how our minds work because Yes, we've been in sports, and yes, of course, we, we love this game of, of basketball, but we've been around and seen a whole bunch of things. We've lived a long lives. So you said I've, I've lived in nine different cities, part some less than others. Um, but it's just, I think this would be a, a good opportunity for us to be able to expound on a lot of the things that we may only talk about in short instances. Now we have a chance to just really get deep deeper into it well as you said earlier about the back of the bus we've been traveling with the team together for the last 10 years and when we're on the road we sit at the back of the bus uh we're not asked to that's just where we picked (laughs) and and, and we get upset when people sit in our seats because they (laughs) they should know by now that this is the show sheet that's rob fisher (laughs) we know what we call him the show and this is bk seat these two seats are off limits that's right those are our seats and uh we've said it before that's kind of our locker room yes because we've we've missed the locker room and uh that's so it's kind of our locker room when we're on the road and now with covid we're not traveling with the team this year so we need an outlet to be our locker room our back of the bus if you will so maybe we could have called this back of the bus but night court just sounded better night court sounded good got and we got a theme song we got, so. we got a theme song to it and it and it'll it'll deal with i think i like the that name because it, it deals with the basketball court, of course, because that's what both of us do. But it also just gives us a chance, to, like I said, to, to dive into other areas of life also that, that, that come about. And, and so I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. Hopefully everyone there, will, will, everyone listening will enjoy it. But I can tell you this much, we're going to have a blast doing it, whether it's just our family listening or <laughs> whoever, whoever listens to us. Yes, we tend to do that when we do converse. And I want to get things started this week because we'll talk other things, sports too, like the National Football League, Brevin. Yes. Um, first off, is there anybody that's great in the NFL, and is that bad for the NFL? Uh, I, I think we have, of course, we had got for so long, we were used to the New England Patriots as being that team that no matter what happened, they were always going to be there. 
And this year, it feels like it gave everybody else a chance to have their team talked about. Of course, the Chiefs are, are a fantastic football team, but you talk about the, the Green Bay Packers will still be there. Uh, the Saints play good. Uh, you can go on and on about other teams, which I think makes it a little bit more interesting for all fans. I think because betting is now legal in the state of Tennessee, I'm enjoying the NFL. Be- and it's, it's not because I'm winning betting. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. That's what I'm saying. How much you've been pulling in. But it's because it's yeah, I have interest in watching all of the games. I've had a problem with the NFL for a long time. I, I think, you know, days of the Cowboys, days of the Niners, uh, days of the Patriots, days of the Steelers. You know, when they had, I guess back then, dynasties, and the Patriots are the closest thing we've had to a dynasty, that greatness, the, the year the Rams won is the greatest show on turf. They were great. They were better, head and shoulder, better than anybody else in the league. They were great. I think today you got the Chiefs are really, really good. Other than that, anybody can beat anybody. It's wide open. And, and I know the NFL wants to do that with their salary cap and everything that they have, that they wanted to create parity, and they've done that. They've created parity, but I think it's created mediocrity. Is the NFL mediocre? I contend, here's, a, here, here's, here's an argument that's not popular. I contend the NFL has become like horse racing. Whoa. Because there's fantasy sports and there's betting. That's why we watch. I like it. That's why we watch. We, we, we watch because now you think Because it's not any, great football. But, but, it's, but it's at the point now, though, where everybody has a chance to win. Whereas before, you would turn on and say... Which is great for the fan. Exactly, which is good for, for people like myself and for those casual fans. Sometimes we get you get into football, and for those people that are deep football people, you want to you understand it deep dive. But if you want to be a good league, you gotta you have to be able to have some type of affiliation to everyone. So I think when you when with how the league is now, then everyone has a chance to root for their team. Listen, I'm a New York Giants fan, and I've been a New York Giants fan since I was a little kid. We haven't had a chance to be anywhere at any point in time in the last 10 years. And we, we continue to go back to the Super Bowls that we won, the two Super Bowls. Those are fantastic, but outside of winning those Super Bowls, we barely make playoffs. We barely, barely made the playoffs when you won the Super Bowl. Exactly. We, we, barely, we barely have winning seasons. So... Now to be able to look and say, even with that, you can still be engaged because you may have a chance. I think that has allowed NFL to have fans all across the board stay engaged for an entire season, whereas in the past it may be, well, we're just playing for second place. We're playing for third place because you do have the dynasty team. So I think of it on the other side. I understand where you're coming from, but on my side, I think it's I turn and watch more football games now than I ever have in the past because it's like, well, either team can win today. But isn't that mediocre? That's not mediocre. It's just it means that you brought the level. Because not everybody's good. Here's the thing. You brought the level of the bad teams up a little bit, and you maybe those teams that were the dynasty teams that were always so much better, they've come down a little bit. So now, in that, you have more competitive nature. In the, in how it used to be, it wasn't competitive but for one quarter. And after that one quarter, you knew what the outcome was going to be. And so for me to be able to see the Cowgirls be as down as they are. Brevin hates the Cowboys, by the way. He, he mentioned he's a Giants fan, thus Cowboys so you, not. So you're not. There's no Cowboys. Yeah. So to, to be able to see those, those dynasty teams 
But also to be able to see them start to come back a little bit, like the 49ers. Nobody talked about the 49ers in so long. But at least now the teams even now, it's like, oh, even the 49ers now have a chance. We got our buddy Hank McDowell. Loves the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions never had a chance to win games. And now I watch it's like, oh, they're close. He likes the Lions because of their colors. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> That's the only reason. But even he can be excited every week that his Lions may have a chance of winning football games. So I, I think that it has – it just – it allows the casual fan to be excited about the NFL, where in the past I think the casual fan was excited the first couple of weeks because it's brand new, see what your team does. But reality kicks in. I think I think the casual fan wants to play fantasy football and bet on games. Well, now they have. I think that's the most important thing. It's the biggest reason why football has the viewership that it does because there's money involved. Football has a viewership it has because they only have 16 weeks. That's That's what. That's why they have what they have. 16 weeks. Hopefully, you make the playoffs. That's nothing but four more weeks, and it's all over. So the reality is the less the the because they have the lesser games, they will always be the most exposed sport that there is. Right. All right, you're a Giants fan. Yes, I am. As a fan, they've played better in the last few weeks. But even before that, were you a fan and are you still a fan of winning the division or are you a fan of getting the best draft pick? Winning the division. We it's been so long for a look, we've been Even if it, it feels I, as though you'd have no chance. I don't care about having no chance. The fact that we we would have a playoff game again. The fact that you can say you don't know because guess what? There's such parity that you don't know if this week, you know what, we're just clicking, the defense is playing better, and all of a sudden now you went off. You know what momentum does. The playoffs are all about momentum. Who can gain momentum? I think it was, if you just switch over sports here a little bit, there was a bubble that just happened. Mm-hmm. There was a team that went in with zero chance of winning anything called the Phoenix Suns. No one expected anything, but because they caught fire at the right time, they win all eight of their games in the bubble. Why? Momentum. So for me, as a fan, I just want my team to have a chance. Once they have a chance in their end, you don't know if that momentum can kick in and it rides you to a Super Bowl, which we had ride uh, our last Super Bowl was that way. Snuck into the playoffs and this is the last game, but from there, made the run to win. So if they can get it, win a division, I would love to see them win a division and have playoff games. Football is the only sport where I think the divisions really matter. Right. Uh, tra- traditional, playing them two times a year, so few games that those games mean more now. Are you a fan of divisions and other sports? Ba- let's take basketball. I mean, we, we work for the Grizzlies. Are you a fan of having the divisions or should they do without? Uh, I still think you, you have the division because I still, we, there, you can create, you can try to create your rivalries within that. It's very hard for us to create rivalries across conferences because those teams, we don't have the Lakers and Celtics of the past. You don't have the great Pistons team of the past. You don't have those teams that from separate conferences that will show up every year because of free agency, because of the movement of players. So it's hard to create those matchups or those rivalries between conferences but you can create them within conferences and the way that you do it is by having the divisions by playing teams four times a year whereas in football you play them twice in our league you play teams four times a year to try to create that that type of atmosphere and when they're in the same area the other thing that we've seen is those fans travel to those games and so within the division even when you go on the road you still have your fans that are there to enjoy 
that rivalry. So it, I think that it is it is right to have divisions, right to have conferences, because that today is how you create your rivalries, your mismatches is within that. I think that's a cute answer, but I think it's the wrong answer. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's why it's so good for us because <laughs> we don't we don't think the same. That, that's why I love it because if we if we got all here and we sat in the back and just thought the same, then what would this be? I I fought vocally for divisions for a long time because I'm with you. Developing rivalries, having your division foes, winning the division is an accomplishment. Tony Larusa, I covered the Cardinals for years in St. Louis, and Tony Larusa, one of my favorite coaches to ever cover, because the man is a genius when it comes to baseball. And if you ask him, he'd tell you he's a genius when it comes to baseball too. No, love him though. He's great. And he always said the hardest thing, the most important thing in baseball is to win the division. And it meant something in baseball. It means something in football. In basketball, it doesn't mean anything. There's no rivalry. For the Grizzlies, there's no rivalry with Houston. There's no rivalry with San Antonio, despite the fact they've played in the playoffs numerous times. There's no rivalry. There's no, the a rivalry with, the... with New Orleans just started because of Zion and Ja. Yet we always try to make it bigger than it is. Oh, it's New Orleans. It's right down the river, and New Orleans and Memphis. The music, the rival. There's no rivalry with New Orleans. Zero, zero rivalry with New Orleans, other than the Ja Zion thing now. I wish it was more rivalry, but playing four games against these teams out of 82, it's really not that much to create a rivalry. And then when it determines, you know, where you're seated in the playoffs by winning divisions, and some divisions may suck, I just think that's that's dumb. There's no need for it. Well, There's the no thing, need the rivalries, for it because there are no rivalries the, in the NBA. There the, really aren't. The rivalries are created when your teams are good. You can't talk about bad teams. So you talk about the San Antonio. That was a rivalry for this Grizzlies team because they were trying to ascend to that point. And when they were able to beat them in the playoff series, then that was like that was the, this organization felt as though now we're on the right path. Now, does that mean that they're going to continue to win every time? No. But there is that there is that in, internal test for you and your organization to beat that team that was the the standout all the time. And so the rivalry in that was, yeah, can you ascend to that point? Now the new rivalry is, is yes, you got two of the, your upcoming budding stars that are going to lead their teams, and they're going to play against each other for years to come. So did you create one? Yes, you created one. If you go into the Eastern Conference, you talk about Philadelphia having to play against Boston on the right. Like, you get into those, those are rivalries because of proximity also. Those fans love their teams when they play against one another. They feel those 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 rivalries. So I think that is good. It is good for the league. It's good for players because still on the, you still mark on the calendar. Don't think John Morant doesn't think when it's time to play against Zion Williamson. That's not marked on the calendar. That's a big game for them, for their relationship, but also because of what these two organizations are trying to ascend to. See, we try to make rivalries out of nothing. Well, not out of nothing, but try to make them bigger than they actually are. I mean, the Grizzlies' biggest rival through the years, two of them. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City and the Clippers. Yep, and the Clippers. And why? Because the rivalries are built in the playoffs. Right. I mean, those two teams, you play them maybe three times a year, maybe four on the occasional year. But so the rivalries are built in the postseason. And with Oklahoma City, it's ah, too small a mark. That's not why it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry because we hated them from playing them in the playoffs. That's why it was a rivalry. So to me, to generate rivalries, you could have more games against division foes. By the way, do you have the score app on your phone? What score app? The like the score mobile app like it's a score 
No. No. What is that? I want. I want. I want your phone for a second. Okay. Okay. Good. No, I don't. Need, I don't need to do that. All right. All right. But I'm going to prove here how important uh, divisions are in basketball. Right. Okay. So you're thinking that we should have an Eastern Conference, Western Conference? Yes. You just, you just play. You play your conference foes. That's how they show the standings. Three, three times, and you play your other teams. The other go to the Eastern Conference and play them three times. Yes. Well, no, no. You play the Eastern Conference yeah. twice, like you do, but you need to play everybody in the conference two, except for your division teams, and you play well, them more. Then the divisions would matter. I can't even find. I'm, I just went to stand NBA standings on this thing, and the only thing that comes up are conference standings. There are oh here we go. All right, divisions. This is what I want. All right. Okay, who's in the Atlantic? Dope. The Atlantic would be Boston. Mm-hmm. That would be the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That would be the Nets. Yep. Uh, and then the last one would be the 76ers. And? And you got to throw in another team that's on the East Coast. This is how important the divisions are. But, I mean, I just gave you four or five. I work in the Western Conference. Who's in the south or uh, southeast? Southeast is us, Houston, San Antonio, New Orleans. No, no, that's we're in the southwest. Oh, well, I'm sorry. So that's like Orlando, right? Um, that would be Miami. Mm-hmm. That would be Atlanta, right? That would be. Oh, no, who's in the other one? Washington is in the is in the other. No, they're in the they're southeast, in the, south. the one that you're mentioning right now. Oh, they are in there. See, this is how dumb <laughs> divisions are in basketball. We we can't we work. You played in the NBA. Played for a couple of those teams, too. You played <laughs> You played in the NBA and don't know the divisions. When the teams put like the standings up in the locker room, they put up the playoff standings. It has nothing to do with divisions. So I think divisions are just dumb. I think the divisions are still much, much needed, and it gives you one extra thing for you to play for all throughout the year to say that at least you are the leader in your division. Oh, it gives you a reason to put a banner up. A banner, and it gives you a, a place to be in the top four slots and when it's time for you to go into the playoffs. But they don't mean anything. It means it, it, whenever we go into but that whenever, NFC. Whenever, as a Giants so, fan, that NFC East means something to you. As a St. Louis baseball Cardinals fan, that National League Central means something to me. Right. That that, that is true because those are our loves. Now we, we just had is, trouble mentioning what the name of our division is that the Grizzlies are in. The Southwest <laughs> Division. <laughs> You have a valid point, but divisions will stay there to hell with whatever else you're saying. That's the end. That's the end of it. Okay. Speaking of the Grizzlies, do you want to talk a little Grizzlies? The Grizzlies, I believe, are better this year, will be better this year than they were a year ago. No one else thinks so. The over-under for the Grizzlies this year is 30. That would be a record of 30 and 42. 30 and 42 after what they did last year where they blew away on the over under for wins by February and now it's 30 getting no respect and the thing that you always hear is because everybody in the West is better everybody in the West is better I say well so are the Grizzlies yes well, listen I, I I can't argue that I feel like they, they again are overlooked um but the thing is that this team and this organization has thrived on being overlooked. And I think that they'll thrive on it again. No matter, yes, finally have a player at the level and status of John Morant that can illuminate 
this organization, this team. But it's still a small market down in the south in Memphis that people are going to continue to say, uh, they're okay. But if you if you dive into basketball and you want to talk pure basketball, they bring back their entire roster. You bring back a rookie of the year. You bring back a guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. who, when he becomes healthy, we showed last year that he's a deadly player from the inside and outside position. And I said it the other day that I feel like Jonas Valanciunas is a top five center in the game today. And so when you just put those pieces and then you throw in your Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks, Mr. Do Something, and DeAnthony Melton, they have all of the complementary pieces to their star players being able to continue to be as good as they can be. And so I always say, if you want to go down and say maybe individual, individual, other teams may have bigger names. They may, but how well are they going to play together when it becomes game time? And I think that's what is going to be the difference between this Grizzlies team and all of these other teams that supposedly got better because of their acquisitions, the camaraderie, the continuity, the level of knowing what to expect from one another in this coaching staff is going to be the difference between this Grizzlies team being a team that's going to be in the playoffs again and this Grizzlies team being what everyone else thinks they can be. I just think when you look at some of the other teams in the West, first of all, Houston is going to be an absolute debacle as long as this James Harden thing continues. They can't. I don't think that they can be good. And if they get rid of them, how can they be good? Uh, If if they get rid of them, they will be more competitive, I I believe. But we're counting on John Wall and Boogie Cousins? No, that's what I'm going to say. Only because of health and because I think now you allow everybody else to have a hand in the team. Whereas before with this Rockets team, it was solely built on what James was going to create for everybody else. And the only other way that they could be good, John Wall and James Harden can't play together. Why? Because John Wall needs the ball in his hand. Everybody that he is that they have continued to put with James Harden has been a guy that needs the ball. Chris Paul needs the ball. Russell Westbrook needs the ball. Well, James Harden doesn't know how to play off of the ball. So now you're bringing another guy like John Wall who needs the ball. They can't coexist. So if you're the Houston Rockets and you know that, well, we just got John Wall, this dude's disgruntled, figure out who you can put around John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, but just guys that can play the game and put together a team, not can try to, to, to continue to try to depend on an individual as what they have done in the past. Oklahoma City's worse. Oklahoma City's worse. They, I mean, they, they're rebuilding. They, 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 there was a that was a, a decision that they made to uh, accumulate every draft pick there there ever be for the next twenty years. We we just saw Minnesota the last couple of preseason games. Not they're good. dreadful. Not not good. And I just think that they they don't know what type of team they're going to be yet. And, and you have a new young coach. Uh, you have a star who who can put up numbers uh, but just hasn't figured out a way to let those numbers translate into wins. Uh, they got a rookie who, who I, I think in this draft, no matter who you took at one, was just going to be a guy that you felt he could be good in some years. Not going to change their team this year. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know which teams behind the Grizzlies would pass them this year. No, I, I, I mean, the only that, that's team, the thing. The only team that the, the only team I think that jumps in that scares is Phoenix, because they went eight zero in the bubble, and because of the people that they added, they to add Chris Paul and James. But if Crowder you if we take that. away the bubble, even adding Paul and Crowder to that, they were crap, brethren. They I'm were a say, bad that, but, team that had no but, direction, but, was young, and just felt like they you, were. But you just put you just put the ultimate you put the ultimate guard on their team matching with Monty Williams, who's a great coach who can get the most out of people. And then the, the guys that they have, they have talents. Aiton will be a better player. 
the the guard from the shooting guard that was at Pitt that went to North Carolina, young the young the wing. God dog, I, he's, he's he's going he'll be better for them names. I'm the worst with names, so you have to excuse that. But they're they're going to be a formidable opponent for teams coming up, just because of the fact that they're going to play as a team. And Devin Booker, you're going to talk. You can say whatever you want to say. Devin Booker is a star in this league, and can make big shots. Willing to take big shots. They're gonna they're gonna be a better basketball team, and they're the one team that I say that was behind the Grizzlies. That you that you say, okay, that, that's a team that that can push this Grizzlies team. What about Portland? Which Port- direction do they go? Because even last year without their bigs, I thought they should have been a lot better. And then even when they had their bigs, they weren't they weren't scary. Portland I mean, not, I, I don't know if they're much better than what they were last year, which was eight. Portland is Portland is a is one of those teams that. You don't know, but they could beat you any night. Just because, sure. just because Lillard and McCollum are that good. Yeah. I think Carmelo Anthony is good at what he does. You give him the ball in the mid-post area. Finally, and he's exactly, good at what he does. Let him jab step and get his shot. And I think he's comfortable with his role. I think that was the biggest issue right. for him the last couple, this last couple of seasons when he played before he came back. He had to get comfortable where he was in his career at this point. And I think he's comfortable. So I, I think they're – but I didn't, I didn't put Portland ahead of the Grizzlies. I don't put them ahead of the Grizzlies. I put them as a team that can beat you if you don't play at your best. So that's that's the that is will always be the caveat. There are certain teams that cannot play their best, and no matter what, they're going to win. To me, the Lakers are going to win the championship again, and they, they it, with without a doubt that they're because of the people that they were able to bring in that fit, and they don't have to play well every night to win games. And so that 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 is the only team that I see like so even Golden State. With, yeah, that's a team we didn't mention, by the way, is Golden which, State. <laughs> which I think Golden State will be behind the Grizzlies because losing Klay Thompson is such a heavy burden. Draymond Green is a fantastic team basketball player. You ask Draymond Green now to have to average 17, 18 points a game, still get your rebounds and your sit. Now you, I think you've taken him outside of his comfort zone. And so that that is a team. I think they have Kelly Oubre is there. Mm-hmm. But these are just – those are players. The Klay, losing Klay Thompson – really put a dent in them being able to ascend again to where they think, except if Steph Curry goes out and, and can be the superstar that, that I think that he is in this game, that, that can somewhat change their fortunes. We, uh, we did our first TV game, road game, in this new age of COVID, where we're working, on, we're working from FedEx Forum in Memphis even for road games yes. uh, this season. What, what do you miss as an analyst most about being there? I miss being able to talk to the players, talk to the opposing teams, um, talk to those players, talk to those coaches, especially for someone like myself that's been around this game for so long. Those are those are friends of mine that you don't get a chance to see on a regular basis. And so those, these are times where we can catch up with one another. And, and I love, I'll, I'll miss being able to do that. You you know, it, just the walking around, seeing the, the, the ushers at the arenas, being able to say hello to those people, the people that work behind the scenes. And so uh, I think it's, it is just the communication side of it, uh, the, the personal interactions. Um, you, 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 you miss that. And also, when we're there, we feel like we're a part of the game also. And it feels like that's what we have to bring through the TV is the environment that we're feeling. 
what we talked about. We feel like now we can we can give that to the people at home. Now it, we you know you got to work a little bit harder. That's the thing. It now feels like it's real work. It's work. Yes. Well, it, it's, <laughs> you you can you can say that because here's the thing is you are, I I'm a lot more conscious of trying to create the right atmosphere for people. And we had a chance to work on it being in the bubble. We had to really be conscious of bringing basketball to people. We couldn't just let it flow naturally. This so it, it it's uh. It's definitely different, but hey, listen, we in these times, the one thing that we say is you got to be flexible. You got to be you got to be able to adjust. And the players and teams they're having to be flexible and adjust. And from our side, the same thing. Yeah, and it's 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 just everything's different now. And every it's everything you know outside of basketball, outside of our job, the world is a different place right, right now. And to me, you know, people have asked me, they're like, "Oh, they don't give you access? That's crazy!" And I was like, "Right now." It, it sucks. I mean, not being able to be on the floor with the guys, be on the bus with the guys, right. be, you know, be around the guys and or be in the huddle during a game for me. I mean, that's that. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you going to miss? That, that's probably the biggest. I mean, that's part for the you. biggest thing because that's one of the biggest parts of my job is finding out just the mood of the team. It's what sucked in the bubble was when the Grizzlies weren't playing well. It was like. I don't know how they feel. Right. I don't know how they feel on the bench. I don't know if they're still confident. I don't know if it's like, hey, we're just missing shots. We can do this. Or if it's uh, guys are down or guys are pointing a finger. I mean, you just have no idea. So you're just kind of guessing what the mood of the team is like. So that's that's the hardest thing. But I, I've told everybody, I'm like, right now, they just are going to do everything that they can to protect the players and get through as long as they have to get through before we feel safe again. And, and it's you. all about protecting those guys, and it's understandable. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. I told everybody the the probably, yeah, we'll miss some stuff at the arena. I'll miss being able to kick it in the back of the bus with Valanchunas when we go to the games because we take the second bus. He's always there, and he and I have some really good conversations, some about basketball, a lot about life. And, and so I think those are those are those intimate moments when we're in the hotel and you may see somebody in the lobby. And you just talk five minute quick talk. You know, the, I think what we've done a good job of, and, and why this team can uh, respect the work that we do is we never impose ourselves on anyone. Right. We, we we always very respectful of their time of their space. Um, but when we had the moments, we we, we we talk. We we and and we can have talks that never go on the air. We have talks that never get said in an interview. But the, those talks help us in terms of the feel of that person. Of trust. And, exactly. And, and and we protect those guys. And no matter – we've been in some situation where, where the game is bad and people are like, oh, you didn't say, well, because we know those guys. Like, I, I, I can't I can't kill somebody I know. You know what I'm saying? They're just not playing well. And guess what? That happens. You yeah. know, people don't play well. But because we have that personal relationship, we we know and we feel for that. And so that that's the side that I think – uh, that that'll that'll be sorely missed for me. Man, this was like the back of the bus. Damn, this is gonna be good. I, I need these. I it's think, gonna I be think fun because of, without these, I, I think I drive my wife and my kids crazy. With you got to do something, Dad. We we t- we're just tired of you looking down. I'm excited. Next week, you were talking about Devin Booker being a superstar. We're gonna talk about the superstars Ooh, in the NBA and that long yeah. list of superstars. Hold on, hold on, I say he's a star. Don't put that super on oh, for me. Okay. He is a star in this league. We too, we have given too many people 
the superstar tag. We will debate that next Woo-hoo. week here on Night Court. Thanks, BK, man. It was fun. I look forward to doing it uh, many more times. Oh, we're going to do a lot of these. This is fun. Sounds good. We'll for, talk to y'all soon. For Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week on Night Court.